0: Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 411 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Leandro Trossard. ...of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald, as we talk about a big week in the world of mixed martial arts. Before we get into all of that, I tell you that spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in Below the Waist Grooming... ...have the best tools for your spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, your confidence will be blooming like the flowers. Join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using the code SEVERE MMA to get 20% off and free shipping... At manscaped.com. The way to go with Manscaped is a performance package 4.0. In the bundle, you get the lawnmower, um, 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker for your ear and nose hair, and the crop preserver as well, the ball deodorant crop reviver toner, as well as the boxer briefs and travel bag to hold them all. That lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer is brilliant. It uses our proprietary advanced skin safe technology. It's designed to trim hair on loose skin. And uh, although your balls might look like punching bags, don't treat them like that. It's also waterproof, LED light, so you can use it in the dark, in the shower, whatever you like. Then the weed whacker for your nose and ear hair. No one has ever found hair in those places attractive. That also has the proprietary skin safe technology, which helps reduce Nick's snags and tugs in those delicate holes. Also, my favorite the crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver, ball toner. Absolutely brilliant. Change your life, that the order will. Plus you get the two free gifts, the boxer briefs and the shed travel bag as well. So always use the right tools for the job and head on over to our website and check out all the best tools to upge- upgrade your hygiene routine. So save 20% and get free shipping with the code SEVEREMANSCAP.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code SEVEREMANSCAP.com. Your balls will Thank you. And also, we have exciting news because we have a new sponsor today, Caldera Lab. Say goodbye to the generic face wash on your counter because Caldera Lab is here to save the day when it comes to your skin. backed by a leading clinical trial where 9 out of 10 men experience healthier and visibly improved skin, Caldera Lab has the tools to unlock your best first impression and confidence. Today, we have an exclusive offer for our, our audience so you can try it for yourself. Uh, And see why so many men trust Caldera Lab for their skincare needs. Use the code Severe MMA at Caldera Lab for 20% off their best products. What an absolute deal. I actually got uh, mine the other day. I know Graham got his as well, and I've been using And I'll tell you what, I'm getting old and haggard now. And this stuff is, is absolutely fantastic. Creates high-performance men's skincare products uh, by combining pharmaceutical-grade science along with uh, Nature's purest and most potent ingredients. Kicking off their stellar skincare selection, we have their Regimen Bundle, a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. Inside the bundle, you'll find a clean slate, the layer and The Good. Cleanse is where you start your day. It's a balancing cleanser that or a cleanser even that uh, uses ja- uh, gentle plant, plant-based cleansing. I can't speak anymore. <laughs> uh, leaving all skin types exceptionally refreshed. The base layer is a nutrient-dense fortifying moisturizer that hydrates your skin and absorbs fat leaving you with a matte finish so you can start your day confidently. And the good is your go-to at night before bed and a clinically proven multifunctional serum that helps your skin look even tighter and smoother as well as help uh, reduce uh, the, the visibility Of wrinkles And fine lines Which you know Someone who's Getting old like me Who needs uh, As you age You might notice More fine lines Wrinkles and signs of aging This is the opposite Of what every guy Wants And the more You neglect your skin The more visible This could become Now is the time to take control. Ready to take uh, your skin to the next level with Caldera Lab. Look no further than the icon. The rejuvenating eye serum is here to address three most common concerns around the eyes, fine lines, dark circles, and puffiness. Uh, Committed to transparency, sustainability, excellence, Caldera Lab is on a mission to better men's skincare around the world, priding itself on clean ingredients and doing right by their customers and the planet we live in. Caldera Lab is a certified B corporation as well as a member of the 1% for the planet through uncompromising craftsmanship craftsmanship exceptional ingredients and rigorous transparency Caldera Lab is here to upgrade your skin and confidence. So get 20% with the code severe may at calderalab.com c a l d e r a l a b.com that's 20% off at calderalab.com by using the code severe may unlock your youthful glow and be ready for your summer. Caldera Lab Right Graham? Do you know what We'll uh, we'll get into it We'll get right to the top Of UFC 287 Because That is the uh, That's the biggest talking point I suppose From the weekend It was a very interesting Build up I thought To the To the fight itself From uh, a technical point of view Because I think a lot of people Made the same call on it It was like If Adesanya can maybe get over the mental demons he had the last time uh, and produce a similar start to fight, he can win. It'll be hard, I suppose, for Pereira to catch up on him. But we also kind of thought, like, Pereira does have six months to improve as an MMA fighter that only had eight fights coming into last night. And do you know what? I think... Both of those things Proved to be true I think Pereira Both uh, Improved And I think Adesanya Both Came over The mental hurdle So it was one of those fights Where after I was thinking like this this is a fight where both guys showed up and produced their best and the result ended the way it did but like some fights we, we we don't have that like even the the Edwards versus Usman fight from a few weeks ago it just felt a little bit like Edwards went to like a completely different level and Usman maybe fell a level and like even if Usman had stayed the level maybe Edwards would have had enough but it's you know it's it's one of those that uh, you know I think it was John Anik was saying it about uh, how um and, and I think he was quoting uh, your man that boxing trainer whose name I can't remember the Oh, we're, we're fireman! That lad. What's his name? Teddy Atlas. Where they said when you become a champion, better. Whatever, yeah, you get yeah, yeah. better, whatever that is. And you know, I don't know. If maybe that they might, might have been true with uh, with Edwards. I, I actually, I thought Pereira was a way better as well. But Adesanya did turn on. I think. Look, it's a very intricate and interesting fight to break down. But the point I would kind of make on it afterwards is. It's MMA, really, isn't it? And I anything can happen in MMA. You make one slip, you make one move, or you throw one amazingly well-timed punch, and this can happen, especially when you're a big hitter like Adesanya or a big hitter like Pereira, as we saw the last time. And that's and just we've a,
1: seen it happen in reverse a few times between yeah. these guys between kickboxing and MMA. So
0: <laughs> it's the joy of the sport, really, isn't it? And you love it because, like, as much as we can break it down coming into it, like I, I was actually, funnily enough, I was listening to uh, a podcast. Last night to go to, uh, to, to, go to sleep, I did, who was that was uh, Melzer's, I think, and uh, it was from like Friday, and they were talking about the fight as uh, uh, as I was kind of just falling asleep. And he goes, "Look, if the if the fight is won by Adesanya, it'll probably be it by decision. If it's won by Pereira, it'll probably be by knockout." I think most people probably would have would have agreed with that, and then the opposite kind of happens I yeah, just never oh yeah, I it.
1: thought Adesanya would win by decision. I thought he'd be like super kind of uh, reluctant to get in exchanges. But, you know, we've seen him do that a lot of times and you've criticized him for that in the past. And, you know, against a top striker l- like Pereira, who's who's finished him before, you know, you could easily forgive him for for doing that. But he, he went there to kind of prove a point and, you know, the pressure really was on, you know, are you as good as people said you were and can you make it back to the top and has this guy got your number and, you know, has time passed you by at the, at the very top level and, you know, you know these fights as you said one little thing in in a fight like this where both guys are so technically sound on the feet and can throw with such power even even though Adesanya doesn't actually usually commit with that much power you know he always has that in his locker and you know Pereira he, he throws with ill intent every strike and it, it, it was just, a, I actually loved this fight. It was actually phenomenal. Like, you know, I uh, sometimes I can kind of be a bit worn down by watching so many fights, but this one got me really excited, and the finish is just absolutely phenomenal, and it really, like, you know, made me shout out, which it, which is which is rare these days.
0: Me too. It was one of those ones last night, you know, we after every event, we add in, like, the awards. We've started doing it this year you now. We've had uh, four months so far. We've done a great, great job of keeping it going, but we added in, obviously, like, Knockout of the year contender, and I added in comeback of the year contender as well. You could talk about, you know, come back in the career, but also kind of come back in the fight a little bit as well. But also, I I, I haven't added it in. But as you were talking there, and I was thinking of myself last night, and I didn't know if someone would agree with, me, but I think this is a fight of the year contender. I re, I as I enjoyed it as much as you. I thought it was absolutely absolutely brilliant.
1: for for me like loads of things going into fight of the year uh, contenders and things like that, and the jeopardy and the rivalry and the importance and the you know the the technical level of of ability in there as well on the feet. Like, you know, that all plays into it. Like for some people, maybe it doesn't, maybe this fight of the year is like whatever was the most exciting, like rock 'em, sock and robots or whatever. But for me, this is this is hundred percent definitely uh, probably the leading contender at the moment. And yeah. it's been some good fights.
0: I, I would tend to agree. On let's t- talk about the fight itself and let's kind of break it down, I suppose. Um I was interested to see all three judges score the first round for for Adesanya. Um I, I I thought Pereira won it, but it was a very close round. It was barely, but I just thought he's late I think,
1: yeah. Like I, I just sorry to interrupt you again, but yeah. I think the commentary underselling some of Alessania's shots. it was like a couple of really nice, especially one really nice kick to the body that seemed to like change the positioning of Alexand- or Alex Pereira's uh, uh, hand positioning for a while after that. Like, and that was just kind of no sold by the by the commentators and I think that maybe played into it a little bit as well but I haven't haven't actually watched that round back but that obviously was a super close round and I actually thought or I I was thinking to myself oh that was a huge kick to the body at one stage and there was a couple of other bits of body work that were really nice as well but the commentators seemed to be all on the side of talking about how how powerful uh, Perheas' strikes were
0: Yeah and I think they did that a little bit in the first one I think it was the, the opposite in the second out Throughout the night, I thought the commentary was awful. Like, especially the Masvidal fight. We'll get into that in a minute. But, yeah, it's just Rogan. And, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. I couldn't. Oh I'm so oh no! glad you brought that up. I would have forgotten that. I, oh, my God. It was ridiculous. But, anyway, we we will get back into that in a second. But, I I thought it was interesting to analyze this fight, right? Because I think Adesanya did attempt to fight as safer a brand of fight as we kind of talked about in the lead up to it. Now, the the good parts he had in the first fight, that time winning the first four rounds, or he won, did he win all four of them? Or three, the three, the four, whichever he was way ahead anyway. It was kind of that f- One twos down the middle It was that straight right That kept hitting uh, Pereira And he did land it a couple of times Especially in the uh, in the second round But a couple of times in the first round as well But here I did think he was trying to fight um, A safer sort of game Trying to kick a bit from the outside You saw him kicking the legs as well uh, In the first round And trying to kind of maybe pivot and circle off a little bit But I think the Pereira leg kicks Really kind of ch- had to force him to change and he did change, and I did. Obviously, we, we know how it ended, but it was very interesting that Adesanya had the the read that Adesanya normally does have to make it kind of risk averse. But Pereira stopped that, so he kind of forced Adesanya to fight him. And I honestly think that Adesanya he is so uh, unbelievably talented that it. <laughs> it and this is a weird thing to say, but it takes someone very good to actually bring out that talent he's almost a reluctant brilliant fighter you know when he fights uh you know we all remember the the Gastelum fight where Gastelum was was at his best and he was pretty good last night as well too but um it brought out the best of Addison. look when he fought Whitaker brought out the best of him and and it, feel, it just feels like he needs that he need, and we, we, there's been other fighters like that and there's some teams like that and all sorts of sports like that that they rise to the occasion when they fight the best but not only it's not only about rising to the occasion necessarily but it's actually being put in a position where you're kind of forced to do it and then you do do it like there's a difference between that I think and what happened in the fifth round the last time because it actually wasn't even necessarily that in the fifth round the last time I think it was just a, like a massive mental lapse but when you actually have kind of it, it maybe he had too much time to think about it in the last fight where he had maybe no time to think about it in this fight and he rose a level because he started doing better now the second round I thought was very interesting and I, I, it's kind of I, it was kind of a pity it didn't go to the end of the round so I could have seen the scoring because Adesanya I, I don't know the, the numbers maybe you could pull him up there Graham, or but I would say he landed oh, way more strikes than Pereira but the the pop that Pereira's strikes had was just so much more than Adesanya. It was amazing. It was it was, it was was insane because I'm thinking there like Adesanya's picking on him. And it's kind of a pity as well the fight didn't go a little bit further because so he could have seen what happened because Adesanya was working the body so well. He was kicking the legs as well and if that had gone to the third, fourth round like would it have taken the air out of Pereira would it have taken the legs away from him whereas Pereira was landing big shots like can can Adesanya hold up to those shots can he hold up to those leg kicks I think it would have turned into a a real war of attrition but it didn't do that And obviously what we saw was Pereira hitting Adesanya, hurting him, kicking those legs, pushing him back. And the difference between this fight and the last fight and the losing of the last fight for Adesanya was the winning of this fight for Adesanya. Because the last fight, when he was pushed against the cage, he lost. He had a mental lapse. He he stopped doing what made him... Uh, dominate the first few rounds in that fight. And that was fighting out from the cage, right? A hundred percent the reason why he lost the first fight is he stopped fighting from the cage. Pereira was able to put him up against the cage, landed loads of shots and finished him. This time, Pereira hurt him, put him up against the cage, and what did Adesanya do? He fought out from the cage and landed that big right hand, another right hand, put him down hammer fist, and that was all she wrote. It was... I, I I think Pereira was like a little bit ahead in the first round. I think Adesanya was probably a little bit ahead in the second round, although long-term, I'm not sure. But then it just all turned on that. It all turned on that. It was just, uh, you know, his Adesanya's vulnerability gave him the chance. It was the fact that he was in that position where he lost the fight the last time. And, it was almost after,
1: like after eating a leg kick and kind of yeah. stumbling, like that happened in the first fight as well.
0: It, it was it was the vulnerability gave him the opportunity. It was it was absolutely unbelievable and the credit. Like I've 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 never really criticized Adesanya for like not having the ability to do this before. In fact, the exact opposite. But I have criticized him for maybe being a little bit more tentative. But that's it, it's all it's almost with like Adesanya you want him to do more you want him to produce more and this is exactly why because he can do it you know he can do it so well when he is when he is put at it when he is forced to do it he can absolutely fucking do it and this was brilliant how, how did you see the fight did you did you see it as as kind of even as me or did you see I, I know i saw some people saying that like uh adesanya was kind of ahead and he was kind of winning the fight throughout it i didn't necessarily see it that way
1: yeah well like I, I thought the first round was very close and in my mind I was thinking about the effect of that body kick at, at the end but I just I probably just uh, gave it to Pereira but yeah it, like I'd have to go back and watch it it was very close and as you mentioned there you kind of uh, talked about it there there was it was 29 significant strikes to 26 uh, the second round as uh, as long as it went
0: I, and I so suppose pretty, a few of them were, Pereira did land like probably 10 of them in the last you know 10 seconds yeah, significant, knocked significant out. strikes is like kind of any kind of
1: strike really like yeah, you know it's yeah. kind of not a really a good indicator but the, the finishing sequence from madison it was absolutely beautiful and like you know i love a good coffin nail and that was thrown with precision and venom and you know he wanted to throw more but the ref was in there quick at first too i'd say if, if the ref had been on the other side of the gauge he probably would have got a got a few more coffin nails in there so uh fair a to of the ref being on top of that because uh yeah that could that could have that could have you know uh, you've got to make sure you finish the fight, but you don't want a guy unconscious taking too many shots either at the same time. So yeah, good, good referee in there. And absolutely, you know, phenomenal from Adesanya because it did look like the tide had turned against him. He said he was playing possum, but I do think that leg kick hurt him. And he did try to, you know, get up against the cage uh, to recoup for a minute, I think. And although I think the commentary were going a bit over, uh, overboard, I don't think he took anything too crazy. And I think, um, he stands with his hands kind of wide or something like I don't know he's obviously a way better kickboxer than me and (laughs) he's got a way better record than nearly everybody else so he's doing something right and it's very hard to it's very hard to capitalize on his unorthodox kind of hand positioning but I think it actually went against him here and Adesanya took advantage of it brilliantly and, you know, he seized the moment brilliantly and you could see how much it meant to him, like uh, phenomenal scenes in the the cage afterwards and great work on the the microphone. It did seem like a huge moment and the biggest moment of his career and even though there's been, obviously, some very big moments being being on top for so long.
0: Yeah, I I thought it was it was great to see although I know you uh, probably flew to america to uh, to see that one but or to to hear us and uh, we had to we had to listen to it here you know but uh, it was <laughs> it was one of those post fight speeches that you listen to and you're like uh it's so great and he you know he said to himself I wish everyone can kind of experience what I've experienced here one time in their life and it was it was great because like I think we can all see that in Adesanya like I, th- I think there's a lot of people and like you know I'm, I'm, I'm not let's necessarily his biggest fan in the way he acts of and even the thing with your man's son last night was a bit weird and I should be you know he's very kind of cringy but I Damn well respected. I enjoyed
1: the, the I enjoyed the fake knocked out thing Did because you? you know it's been brought up to him a few times and oh yeah. You know, I love the uh, bow and arrows as well. That was absolutely that, phenomenal. Yeah. I loved all that. You I, know, uh, the WWE's been <laughs> we didn't even yeah. talk about this yet, but yeah. you know, he's 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 lining himself up for a future future career.
0: I, I didn't mind the bow and arrow stuff so much because like Pereira does that, right? And if that's fair game, if you do it, someone else does it. But like pointing at someone's son after their father has been knocked out viciously and didn't do that like the son, the time when he did it he was like fucking six years old like <laughs> and if to be fair Adesanya did admit he was petty and all but like this you know yeah, to be
1: honest like if, if that's if that's how he feels then fair play to him in my opinion yeah well
0: yeah I'm not criticizing him too much but yeah he's just but like I think the the one thing about like Adesanya is a little bit like Colby or some other lads I know a lot of people like don't like the antics or don't like the the persona. I think it's you know, a lot of people think it's very put on, but as a fighter, the like same with the Henry Cejudo is another good example like this kind of put on persona or like a weirdo persona or whatever. But once they fight, you have to respect that, you have to respect it. And Alessandria is one of those lads that if he hadn't have won that fight last night. There probably would have been a few sticks to beat him. Like there still are a few sticks to beat him with with some of the performances he he has had. But you know these, and I I, I talk I was a tweet about the tweeting about, and, and I agree as well. Like the the kickboxing things don't really play into it. Like that's not MMA. It's completely different. You know, it's they're one in one now. It's it's psychologically
1: like, you know, and thing it might well, psychologically. Into it, but yeah,
0: yeah, hundred yeah, percent. But. As, like, you know, when you're looking back at Asanya's career as an MMA fighter, you're not looking at some random kickboxing matches from fucking a decade ago. Like, but
1: yeah. I, um, yeah, I don't like the way sometimes grappling matches and kickboxing records are like mixed in with the MMA yeah. records on topology. And so like like, is oh, the best. Sure dog, you know, you yeah. need, to, you need like, to keep it like Sherrod. 100%. Sure dog, the, the original.
0: Yeah, that's 100%. Couldn't agree more. Uh, so it's 1 1, and everyone seemed to dismiss the trilogy straight away afterwards. And I, Why? I
1: saw, I saw I that. I couldn't I was like, it. oh my God, I can't wait. <laughs>
0: but then neither. I saw
1: people being like, uh, no, nah, please, <sighs> no, please, no. It's just like, well, you want to like Adesanya <laughs> to fight the guys he's already fought? Uh, I don't know. Trickiest
0: duplicy. E. Is that what you want to see? Dana White's like,
1: he's heading up to 205. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. It was very strange uh, reactions. I don't know. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. you know, that was phenomenal. This r- story is phenomenal. The rivalry is phenomenal. This is like what makes careers, these kind of, you know, back and forths and rivalries and things like that. And if you don't make it now, you know, it's MMA. Anything can happen and you might not get another chance. And yeah, for me, I, I'd love to see this again.
0: You you have to make it again. You simply have to. You're in middleware, right? Fucking Dricky Stouplessy is, ne- is the next guy I Go okay, Ushamayev is who would be a good option, of course. But it just it just feels to me... Like the UFC want Adesanya as champion, and they probably want to make the Shamaya fight as well, which is grand, and I would love to see that fight absolutely. But you have to make this trilogy. Like this is not over. This is not settled. They're one and one now in in MMA. And okay, look if you want to put in the whole kickboxing stuff, the guy who does who has the belt now. Lost to the other lad twice a gig box. And so, like, I think he deserves a little bit. And Adesanya's saying, oh, he needs to work his way back. It's like, fuck that. You got an immediate rematch, and he knocked you out. You, you should get... The, he should get the same thing uh, against you. That... Like, it's just massive. Like, it's... This is a massive fight and a massive trilogy. Because, you know the mad thing about it, right? Either of them could get knocked out. Like, Pirater, the, the first fight, right? Adesanya almost knocked him out. Adesanya was on his way to win and lost. In the second fight... Pereira was possibly on his way to win uh like hit him with a load of big shots and then lost it's like these these. Like, it's just the most exciting fight and they're really have.
1: exciting like you know <laughs> high level technical striking bouts and that's what people's uh, the majority of people seem to want usually so I don't understand the, the logic of oh, we don't want to see this It's and it's uh, something
0: we don't really have as much in MMA anymore it's like genuine rivals with like a very similar skill set who go into the fights knowing that like you can't do the thing that makes you elite against everyone else in an easy fashion against this guy it's it's like like say let's say I made uh, if Habib went in there and he some like unbelievable American wrestler was 20 and 0 and he fought him like you couldn't do the same things you do to a parry or to a connor whoever against that guy it's it's the same thing here, and it's just—I I, honestly—it it baffled me to hear Dana White to hear Adesanya and all like just quickly moving away from this trilogy. You have to fucking make it. It there's no there's no fight in the UFC right now that makes as much sense as this trilogy. Oh my god, I think it would be to steal a phrase from my guy Luke, promotional malpractice if they didn't make this. It would be absolutely ridiculous. But look, and, and for for every reason, it makes it makes sense. The fight's going to be amazing. Although, like, and the thing about it, right? I'd say the numbers
1: were. I don't know what the numbers are. Yeah. I mean, we don't really know anymore. But I say the numbers were pretty, pretty and they good. They would be very big. Good.
0: They would be big for the next one because, like, it's so easy. You show one guy not getting knocked out. You show the other guy getting knocked out. Who the fuck is going to get knocked out this time? People are people are not the, the brightest. Like you know, people that are simple. If you show him one guy getting knocked out, you show him another guy getting knocked out and go, like, that guy is fighting that guy again. Who the fuck's going to get knocked out this time? That's how you get 100 fucking dollars off people. Like, you know? It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. And I I don't know. Honestly, I think MMA fans love it. I think everyone... And I saw a few people say, oh, you know, move on I'm Like, fuck off with that shit And I'm not I, I don't think it was knows. just a few people, I saw a lot of people Yeah, a lot that. of people, I couldn't believe it And I'm not all for immediate rematches whatsoever But when it's 1-1, and it's two knockouts And it's two epic fights You just have to do it, you have to do it But, anyway
1: Like, if Shimaev had have like gone through Like, you know, three opponents recently And, okay, maybe there's an argument But, you know Robert Whitaker again, fair enough, like, it's a good fight, but it's, I don't think it's going to be the same, <laughs> anywhere near the same interest as uh, this rematch would be. Vittori, Cannoneer, you know, Paula Costa, Duplassie, Strickland, you know, these are the guys that are ranked in the top top 10, and, yeah, it's a no-brainer for me as well.
0: Make Whitaker versus Shumayev on the same card as the trilogy, easy you have the next contender already decided and all by the time the the main event even starts perfect or even put it on the mcgregor card against chandler imagine that imagine the amount of fucking pay-per-views that'd sell that'd be absolutely huge that's what i need to do let's do it anyway any any final thoughts on that graham because like i i was so fucking excited because what like this wasn't the best card in the world it was an all right card uh and it needed the main event to deliver, and by God, the it, it was absolutely epic. But it was uh, it was one we won't forget in a while. I saw, I think it was Nolan King saw That I was like a moment in history we'll kind of always remember. And I would agree with him. I would absolutely agree with him. And I'm, I think a massive thing as well for Adesanya's career because I remember we spoke about before the first Pereira fight that like Adesanya was a budding star, but had re- he, some of his performances had kind of. ...held him back from becoming an even bigger star... This performance, coupled with the loss that came before it, will actually make him bigger. Like, look at McGregor, uh, his loss to Diaz, and then coming back and beating Diaz, and obviously the, winning the the second belt and all. After that, it made him bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. That can be the same. I, for I think you,
1: you, like, even at the time when you were kind of criticizing him or whatever, you were saying that, like, you know, because he has so much talent and is able to do so much that it's disappointing that he doesn't let it go. We've seen it. We, we talked about it like over the years. I've m- made this point before, and, you know, GSP, these other guys were exciting finishers and then they start fighting five rounds start fighting the top guys and they just you know play it safer they don't want to take damage they don't want to risk anything like as Sanya can can spar these most of these guys for five rounds and win a handy decision off he goes with a big check and his belt so you know it kind of makes sense but from a entertainment point of view you know you and a lot of people were and me included wanted to see him you know, fight on the front foot more, take it to the opponent more, and he did that in this fight and, you know, knocked out the biggest test that he's probably ever going to have on the feet in, in the UFC uh, in that division anyway, you know, even even when he lost at 205, I think, you know, I don't know, I think the if he had went out there with the attitude he went out against Pergea, he would have been the, the double champion and, you know, maybe he realizes that now and will go forward uh, against other contenders that aren't Perhea fighting Kind of risk of risk averse, uh, uh, you know, like he has over the years. But hopefully, he won't. And hopefully, you know, he'll keep going, keep going at it, uh, trying to make things happen instead of waiting and uh, kind of sparring. So, you know, maybe, maybe maybe it's just a a game plan thing and a matchup thing that he that he decided to do this against Bahia and he will go back to it. Hopefully not. So, time will tell with that, but. Yeah, I think uh, going back to it, I think you know Adesanya versus Pea, if you you know you you can say oh you always have it in the back pocket, but you don't know what's gonna happen. Look at the like we always 100%. said with Connor and Diaz, oh they always always it in the back pocket, and then oh we don't have it in the back pocket anymore. Like Diaz gone, you know. So <laughs> you gotta you gotta you know make it while you can and. I don't see any, any like you know, uh, you're not shunning anybody to who deserves it so much to to make this rematch. And Adesanya has already beaten all the contenders, most of the contenders anyway. So
0: yeah, uh, yeah, I really want off. to see this
1: again. I can't, I can't understand Dana and yeah. some of the some of the reaction.
0: I could not agree more 100% like, okay, Shamayev is the only one but like Shamayev hasn't like massively earned it at middleweight so I have no problem with you that. did
1: when he came in at welterweight when he first yeah. came to the UFC if he'd done that at middleweight recently then okay fair enough like, if, if yeah. you did Gilbert
0: Burns like win at middleweight I'd say absolutely but him versus Whitaker I've been saying that for a year that's the fucking fight to make let's make that fight because you beat him imagine how big Shamayev versus either Adesanya or Pereira is going to be then if they were to fight again be absolutely huge and like the thing about that is as well right you you, you, look, back, of...
1: you look back in history like fans mm-hmm. who come along or when we're watching documentaries they be like how what the fuck happened why didn't they settle this so yeah. one each it was like this huge thing and what happened
0: a hundred percent. You have to. This is not settled. Like this is absolutely not settled. This rivalry is still open, and if to leave it like this would be the ultimate fucking blue balls for for fight fans. I think it'll be it'll be massive. Like, but the thing is, all right, we said about Adesanya there about maybe this will force him to kind of change and open up a little bit more against other contenders, right? And I'm skeptical about that. We'll see. But also, right, if they make the Pereira fight for the next fight he he it showed last night he can't do that. he can't do that against Pereira, Pereira won't allow him if he does if he fights Shemaev after that, let's say he wins he can't do that against Shemaev either because we know Shamayev won't let him do that. So you have a fucking year and a half probably of amazing Adesanya fights right in front of you and at leader make he'll either lose one or lose two or he'll become a f- or well lose one you're not gonna lose two but or else become like the biggest star in the sport. And, like, why would you turn that down? Like or else And he even have
1: fights- he'd probably be happy enough to wait and hope that Bahia wins, and then he has, like, a massive <laughs> grappling advantage.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. So, although he'd probably have that against Adesanya as well. But we'll see. I, I just, I think there'd be fools to turn that down. Now, OK, if Pereira can't make weight, no problem got to 2 or 5 but he made weight. He did. He's massive, but he didn't look fucking horrendous on the scale or anything, you know? So... I don't know. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll move on because we, we could spend all day on that fight. And uh, what a fight. Actually, if you um, if you have any questions or anything coming out of that, there's a post up on Patreon right now, patreon.com forward slash podcast. I will be doing uh, the q and It'll be out on Wednesday. So I'll be able to be recording it Monday night. So if you're listening to this anytime before Monday, feel free to throw questions there or at Me pod over on Twitter as well. And uh, I will answer them on the Q&A. Burns versus Masvidal Um, I was very disappointed with this fight if I'm I'm going to be honest and mostly from Burns' part I I think Masvidal probably fought as well as he could have Burns was very tentative uh, did very little in the first round Uh, the second round he kind of uh he did a little bit more obviously he came out and uh he was on top didn't do much but won at the third round okay he did he did a lot better he rocked um uh, he rocked Masvidal at one stage he uh, you uh, know the third round
1: He beat the piss out of him, Beat apparently. the shit out of him Yeah I,
0: I gave it a 10-8 I thought he Almost finished him Two or three times in it And in Joe Rogan okay. was like, I, I, I had close. picked
1: the, the third round TKO As my pick And oh, I was like you? Oh this is fucking money and <laughs> then, <you> know, <laughs> <laughs> just,
0: just One big Right choice point away from it Like at all yeah. times um, What did you Didn't get a fight overall Like I was I just couldn't believe Like we, we talk, I talked Briefly about the commentary like, But I could not believe how atrocious the commentary was in this yeah. like with Joe Rogan it, it, what you're going to
1: say is like Burns looked uh, I don't know if you agree with this Burns looked sloppy at times and they were, while is. he was looking sloppy they were talking about how fast he was I was going kind of like uh, uh, okay yeah that's uh, was well. weird and then the, the bias <laughs> of Joe Rogan like when
0: Burns cheering take down. Uh, <laughs> oh no <laughs> they're worse than the refs in the Liverpool game fuck's sake <laughs> Ah, Elvon yeah, Elvon fucking Robertson In the face and all Like it was, That was ridiculous that was, yeah, yeah, it was What the it.
1: fuck I've never seen anything thought, Like <laughs> that
0: But that was Joe Rogan If Joe Rogan could have Elbert Gilbert Melindez In the face He would have done it I think for uh, For uh, for Gilbert Mel- Gilbert Like in
1: pro wrestling To distract the ref Gilbert By like sh- Shout and throw something Into the, the ring or Yeah It was
0: <laughs> It was ridiculous Yeah but All in all like It was Not a classic fight By any means um, Masvidal retired Afterwards Looking forward to his next one. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Like uh, I think he's definitely going to fight again. Oh, like, uh, yeah, you know, it wasn't as if like he he fought like way under his ability. Like I saw people saying oh he's finished and stuff, but I think like he's just um, I think he got he's overrated. Um, massive by a lot of people i think we've been saying this for years but i think he's never been as good as people thought he was and this is kind of the level he's been at and he's a hard guy to finish but he's probably going to lose a decision against anybody near the upper echelon or in the upper echelon and it's been like that for a, for a lot of years you know the ben askren obviously was a big rivalry and that means more like kind of like we were talking about earlier uh, and people remember that and that's a huge moment in time and people will talk about that and stuff like that so you know he's, he's had a pretty good career but at very top level guys i don't think he's ever been there but, you know, if this is a career, he's had a pretty good career. And, you know, as I mentioned, that's that's a huge moment that people will remember. And he's had some other he's been in some good scraps. He's always like, you know, he's always been entertaining uh, for the majority of his fights anyway. So uh, if that is a career, which I <laughs> which I doubt it is, it's, it's been a pretty good one that people will remember. And people will probably remember a little bit maybe better than it w- probably was, unfortunately, <laughs> like, you know, and not me be a dick or anything, but that's how I see it.
0: I I'm one of those dickheads, and I <laughs> I'll, I'll agree with you to be honest. Because like it's it's weird because you have to give Masvidal credit for that amazing year he had, right? Where he knocked out um, Till, he knocked out uh, Askren and I always forget the other one. Who's it? Uh, Diaz in the in the BMF title fight. He had an unbelievable year. Three beat tr- like to think about it. though right he beat three guys on his level. If we're, if we're being honest, like Till. Not that good. Been Askren, like absolutely terrible. And Diaz, a good fighter, like on Masvidal's level, a good war. And he was at that time Masvidal was at the peak of his powers. He was at the best. He was at the, you know, the the most uh, destructive, I suppose, of his career. And did very well. And he earned a lot of money out of that. And ended up getting himself a couple of title shots out of that. And I could not be happier for him. Like I could Like every fighter, I wish they had that. Like. Every kind of, you know, middle-of-the-road journeyman fighter, like a Masvidal, like, when Bisping kind of went and he won the title, it was brilliant to see it. Like, Bisping was a higher-level fighter than Masvidal in terms of fighting the division up uh, high for a long time, but I, I would love to, like, I'd love to see a Rob Font be able to do that. I'd love to see a Ponzinibbio be able to do that. And But they won't. You know, we know we know that. But for Masvidal to be able to do it, I'm absolutely delighted for him. But we also can't deny that, like, he was not a great, like, Masvidal is not not a Hall of Famer. He's not an all-time great MMA fan. Like Do you see Rogan there recently? And I actually haven't seen the clip yet now, so I probably shouldn't be saying it. But Rogan was talking about, like, oh, if the likes of Masvidal was around in GSP's time, that he probably would have been a champion of I what are you fucking on? But anyway, I, I I've purposely not it, watched it's, that. It's, fucking- it's
1: like you and Joe Rogan's like you, Sean. If you say nice things about him and have a have a good relationship with him, he just says you're great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, who's that with me? Who is it? <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't know I can't even remember off the top of my head
0: <laughs> are you going to say all the judges I'm, 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 like, I'm only taking the best.
1: but the uh, yeah. no uh, yeah I think you know to be fair to Masvidal he's had like you know some entertaining build ups to fight he's had an entertaining career even those uh, you know before he came into the big shows like uh, uh, before the UFC and things like that the backyard fighting and things like that you know people are people are into that stuff people love kimbo for that stuff as well so he, he's he's been a you know a very entertaining uh fighter to a lot of people even the covey covington you know friendship gone wrong and obviously the the askrin thing we talked about he's had some some you know and title shots he's had he's got he's got you know a pretty good career behind him if if this is <laughs> if, if this is the end and he doesn't fight like in within the next year which he probably will
0: Looking forward to these next one He also has He's uh, on promotion now So he'll probably end up Fighting for them maybe If the UFC let him out Or if he's like, sure, Probably be out center. of business
1: In like a year anyway so. Probably yeah
0: But to see what he's paying
1: he's <laughs> paid Hashtag like, MMA organisation
0: <laughs> He paid Anthony Pettis Like 250 grand Or something like that To box Roy Jones Jr and like, Okay Fair, fair blade, yeah. <laughs> was, it,
1: was it pay-per-view or what was it uh,
0: I think so I think it was on uh, it was on UFC Fight Pass pay-per-view I think I don't know how that works but
1: yeah mm. Jesus yeah, gonna, I don't know how many people bought that but <laughs> that's, that's going to
0: be a rough one There are all right? We're all out but uh, look Burns mm-hmm. moves on uh, Dana White has allowed Burns to be the backup fighter for Covington versus Edwards did, so-
1: did they, it, it, Burns is supposed to one interview did I mishear him or what did he say uh, you know me Joe whoever they say they ring me they say fight. I'll fight anybody isn't that right Joe Joe's like yeah and he's like Okay, so yeah, I'm not finding anybody else unless it's for the title. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) You just said the exact opposite (laughs) things in the same breath.
0: I didn't, I didn't actually catch that, but I think but it sounds Can right. You even, like got you to say yeah
1: and no, like yeah. You always take the fights whatever they offer you, and then straight away
0: afterwards like I'll oh, get the like, mic back over here. I'm not fighting anybody for the title. Remember the way I used to be, I'm not like that anymore. <laughs> Fuck that. Like I tried that out for long enough. Fuck that. But uh yeah, it should be fun. Like poor old Bilal Muhammad, just like trying to make himself relevant, <laughs> sitting in the front row wearing a Colby Covington t-shirt, and now there's three lads in front of him for the title. It's like. Like, ah, poor old Bilal. I feel sorry for him, like, because he probably should be getting it, but yeah, poor old Bilal. Anyway,
1: um, uh, he he can he can hold on to the to the hope that he can follow in Leon's uh, uh footsteps of getting out of purgatory.
0: Maybe, yeah, he possibly probably not, but we'll we'll uh, we'll see on that one. Um, Rob Font and Adrian Yanez. Then, uh, this, this was a fucking great fight, great fight this this is brilliant. Yeah. Like watching Yanez. Coming in, I, we were doing the, the previous show, and I was like, "We is to me is one of those lads, right? I know is but like, I need to go back and watch a couple of fights." In the middle of the previous show, I was watching. I was like, jeez this lads a, this lads a destroyer. Like he loves throwing those shots right down the middle, and do you know the kind of inside hooks where he kind of they're, they're not wide hooks, they're like short hooks or something like that. But he throws a lot of them inside, and he makes you fucking pay with him. But Font just beat him to like the middle area. I thought a lot, and he's yeah, I, I thought the commentary was hilarious as well. The Rob Font, he's patented jab it's like. What are you talking about? No one else jabs apart from Rob Font. He has patented the jab, Rob Font. Uh, in thing. fairness,
1: actually, I do I think know, there was God. one fight years ago. where Rob Font actually had a, like a jabbing masterclass. So, yeah, oh, he is a very somebody, good jabber but, to be fair. Like, I he think is. they're actually probably that's where that comment came Maybe, from. Yeah, you know, yeah. They were probably watching back that fight, so like in preparation or something. Because I do seem to remember, but like, yeah, yeah you know, Jan is obviously. I actually picked him to win. It was obviously a big step up against Rob Font, but. Yeah, he, they both went for it and you know you could see the damage in in the short time on, on Rob Font's face he, he took a few shots and he took them really well and he and he threw his own, his own back and you know in fairness to Yanez he, he did his best to try and survive and he tried to throw back and he tried to survive but uh, Rob Font picked his moments really really well and showed his experience and you know I wouldn't rule out Yanez going forward though he, I think he still 100%. could have a really big future
0: I couldn't agree more it was brilliant uh, it was really one of those performances. I think from Rob Fonda's like this young lad is not fucking taking my spot. <laughs> like I'm not prepared to move to be replaced by this guy, and uh, it was brilliant, honestly. And I, I would tend to agree with you as well. I think Yanez uh, will be back. He's a talented guy and a fun guy as well. And I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to his next one. Um, Holland and Tanzania was, you know, it was all right. It was a very good finish. I thought Holland won the first. Ponzinibbio was landing, knotting on time in the first. It felt like everything was kind of whiffing past Holland a little bit. Round two, Ponzi was better landing some leg kicks. Uh, he was smashing the legs again in, in round three. Uh, but uh, it was it was one of those fights where I'm just looking at both of these lads and I'm thinking like, Holland, we all, I think a lot of people thought he could reach a certain level a few years ago. And Ponzinibbio definitely could have put that injury and in. he just he's definitely improved a little bit since he came back from the injury and he, I think he got knocked out in his first fight back and he's been bit by bit improving but he just I just think he's not the same anymore he's not that explosive athlete he once was and he I don't think he I just don't think he can be and Holland was a little bit longer and just a little bit better and landed that lovely shot and I think it was uh, uh, I think the finish was good as well in terms of the referee I think he he stepped in at the right time actually I think the referees had a great night they had, they had, there was a lot of good stoppages on this car but we're, we're you can even
1: see on Big Dan's face uh, in the replay that, like, mm. he had no doubt. He was just like smiling, being like, "No, nah, mate." Like, nah. yeah. when when Santiago was complaining, he's like, "No, you were face down, getting punched in the face. Like, yeah. you woke up now, but you could see that he, he he had no doubt that he made the right decision." And I completely agree with the decision. You're lying face down, eating punches. Like, it's, it's clear as day.
0: stoppage And he gave him the opportunity too. When he just he wasn't, he took a couple of shots. And he wasn't moving. So, what what do you think of the fight overall? Like, it was it was a good fight. Like, it wasn't a bad. Fight at all, but like, I don't yeah, think these two have be
1: always been a little bit oh. one dimensional in ways, and he. He does seem to have lost a step through injuries, as you said. A bit of when you're waiting for those moments to land that big explosive shot, and you lose a bit of that. It does seem like it's kind of passed him by, and he's he's on the the you know past his peak and on on the decline. But he's still very very dangerous. You know if you if you make a mistake uh, on the field against against uh, he, he will crack you hard. So you know he's he's by no means finished. But I think at the very top level, I don't think he's he's, he's going to make it there.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um. Christian Rodriguez and Raul Rosas Jr. Then yeah. look, there was a few, Ooh. there was two fights like this, the obviously Raul Rosas Jr. And in the opening fight as well of the night between, uh, Jacqueline Amorim and, and Sam Hughes, where look, my, it's funny because myself and Harry actually did a speaker's corner about this this week, talking about like younger fighters and the development of fighters and all of that. Uh, if you're not signed up to Patreon, please do. And we'd talk like for 45 minutes about that. Um, and after the last fight, where Raul Rosas won, I remember we came on the podcast and we were talking about it, and I remember saying like, yeah, he's, he looked good and he won and all, but like, you're 18 years old, you're seven fights into your career as he was at the time, it's like, this is, the UFC is not the place to be because they are not development people, right, Ian Dean is a development person, the people over maybe LFA or wherever it might be, they are the people that develop the fighters and send them to the UFC. Like, look at the way Paul Hughes has been developed. Look at the way Ian Gary was developed. Look at the way Nathaniel Wood was developed and other people like that to go and improve and get to a level and then move to the UFC. Raul Rossas does not have that. He was obviously a talented guy thrown in there. And now he beat a guy and they like, right, let's move him up a level. And he's fighting fucking Christian Rodriguez, who was very good. Now it'd be probably, people are probably saying, what are you talking about, John? You picked Rosas to win. Now. Uh, that's because I believe Rosas is good. I believe he's very good. But this is what happens with young fighters. And this did not need to happen. Like, he, okay, he could have taken a loss outside of the UFC just as say he could come up against someone good. Yeah, absolutely grand. But also you can work back from that loss outside of the UFC. Like if he gets another loss in his next fight he's on the verge of getting fucking thrown out of the UFC and then that's a massive hit to your confidence and it could fucking be detrimental to you.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, you know it's yeah, I think thing. you know, going into the fight, I actually thought he'd probably win a close decision. he'd probably you know uh, his wrestling would probably be enough, but the the desperation with which he was going for everything and even the strain on his face when he was he was trying to use it seemed like he, to me like he was trying to use like strength in places where he should be using technique and you know things like that and you know they're not gonna get away with that, especially when you know you're fighting, grown-ass men who've who've experienced and who've been in there with other you know good guys and uh, he it was a it was a um obviously it was a much worse performance than than i expected even though i expected it to be a difficult fight for him and as you said that's to be expected when you're when you're this young in, in the game like that was he'd only had seven fights before this that's his eighth fight and you know maybe you know you, you, we, I think before I compared it to Max, Hollow, Max Holloway when he came into the UFC and he wasn't ready but you could see that there was a really good fighter in there but with Royal Rosas I think the, the jury still out if if there is like a you know a really good fighter in there
0: of course it's still out
1: how could yeah. it be still out but people seem team. to be already on the, on the train there seem to be like you know a lot of hype around this and and that's difficult to take as well as a young guy who's kind of just all of a sudden you're, you're just kind of, you know, the big pops and people talking about you and the youngest fighter this and all all this pressure on you and you're going in there, the biggest fight of your life expected to, you know, you, even me, I, I think he, did you pick him as well? I think most yeah. people picked him anyway yeah, to, to win this fight. And, you know, uh, obviously he's back down to reality now. He's got a lot of things to to go back and work on. Like, you know, he, he didn't get knocked out. He didn't get, you know choked conscious or anything like that he can he can go straight back into the gym and work on this stuff and you know improve improve uh you know (laughs) like he should be doing at this age and you know not with all this pressure and big spots on pay-per-views pay-per-view main cards and things like that and yeah obviously being in the ufc is he's he's offered the ufc he's gonna he's gonna take it but i think the ufc matchmaker should have you know Picked his match. His matches much much better than they they have, and maybe they will now. Maybe they see okay. Well, he's nowhere near where, where we where we thought he was. Maybe they maybe they thought he was at a completely different level than he is, and they will do this going forward. I think if they need to, because if they don't, yeah, he could be, you know, sage Norco He could be forgotten about completely in a few years uh, with the wrong matchmaking.
0: Hundred percent, and I'll tell you what, Christian Rodriguez is a very good prospect. He looks very, very, very good fighter. Like the way, he, uh, like Rosas is a very good wrestler, and the way he defended oh, great that great composure.
1: Like the the, the, the difference in composure levels in yeah. that fight was, was just ridiculous. Like,
0: and like, I, I I think you've explained it well there. But just to may, maybe say it again, we're not writing off Roses, you know. I'm not writing off Amarim either. Like they could become very good fighters. Like we talked about, you know, the funny the stick eighteen year old Adesanya in there. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Like we we it's funny, right? If you think about him, we were talking on the previous show and I kind of, you know, it's funny, we talked about this multiple times coming up to it. It's like we almost fucking, we had a premonition about this happening because it's, it's almost bound to happen when this fucking situation occurs. Like It's like, you, you, you know, we talked about the, that judge a few weeks ago and he'd only judged one fight ever and they put him in there to fucking main event. He's on a pay-per-view main card. Like, the level of nerves and all for a guy 18 years of age, only eight, seven fights into his career. It's insane. Like, it's absolutely insane. And it's not to say he couldn't be the best fighter in the world. It's not to say he will be the best fighter in the world leader. We don't know. It's unique. Like, development is so fucking important. Like, it's unbelievably important. You know, I mentioned on the previous show, you know, there are some guys like Wayne Rooney, right? They come through and they're 16 years of age and they're when he was 16 years of age he was one of the best players and he was the best player on his team in Everton. he was one of the best players in the league already and by the time he was 18 he was right up there right and then you have some other players like say like a Mo Salah right who's a very 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 good player but he doesn't become let's say a great player until he goes to Liverpool and or maybe who was he with before that over in Italy for you know until he's maybe 25, 26 that 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 ha- Some people develop differently, but the, the Wayne Rooney's are way more rare than the Mozallas, you know? It's almost always you need that large, long development to become the best. Like, John Jones is John Jones because he's John Jones. John Jones is what? He's 35 years of age now. He's still the youngest champion of all time. That's That record has still been there for like, what is it, 11, 12 years in a sport that's getting younger and younger and younger all the time because the amount of um knowledge that's out there can be imparted by people a lot more onto the younger people be, because the uh, best practices have been being used for a longer period of time like let's say when john jones was starting you know the jackson winkle john jim was very good but they were using maybe uh it, it, and let, let's say you know let's say they they had um you know, a few old fighters training John Jones that came from maybe the Liddell era, or whatever. Like that's almost a completely different sport to the oh, John Rashad, Jones. Or Shad
1: Evans was training with John Jones. Yeah, but
0: he was maybe closer. Like, but let, let's say a guy from like ten years before that. Whereas a guy from ten years ago now, let's let's say Rashad Evans, he can teach the guys now a lot of things. Look at Mike Brown, the amount he's teaching guys right now. It's the sport has obviously evolved an awful lot, but the um, the knowledge. Of those fighters is way easier imparted at the level we are fighting at right now. Yet still, John Jones's record hasn't been broken. It still hasn't been broken. Then like, think to yourself, why not? Think to yourself, why hasn't it been broken yet? And do you know what? It will be broken in the next couple of years because of Wayne Rooney will. You know,
1: happen. When, when, when John Jones when John Jones came along, it's it's kind of obvious that this is something phenomenal. Yeah. straight away. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're like this kid is just. It's easy for him, you know. He's just dominating these veterans who've, you know, experience against top guys and you know, gone to close decisions in big fights and things like that. And he's just out there making it look easy. And you know, it's easy to get carried away. I and mean, you can see people buying into the stories and things like that. But the problem with matchmaking like this is, if he does win this fight, then where do you have to go? You have to go to an even more difficult opponent. And if he does lose, then you know. Yeah yeah why did you why did you put him in this fight and you know even though we only lost a decision I think it was like a performance that you know shows that you just you just need so, you just need so much work at this age no matter how talented you are unless it's just a once in a lifetime like John Jones and even John Jones at 18 you know it probably would have been a different story if he had been in there at that age as well so yeah it's, it is you know as you said a minute ago, I, I don't mean to be like, you know, crapping on, on Rosa or anything. It's not his fault. It's, it's again, it's just kind of bad matchmaking. We've talked about this like, uh, yeah. um, at nausea nearly like, you know, but, uh, the matchmaking is just, just, just bad. And it can really damage a, like a promising career in, in Rosas or in other fighters of similar ilk. A
0: hundred percent. Could, could not agree more. Um, let's, let's move on. As I said, if you want more of that, chat myself and Harry funnily enough I I think we actually mentioned Ross Junior in in the chat as well uh, that we had we had we recorded it maybe 10 days ago or something but it just came out uh, last Thursday and if you sign up for Patreon now you can uh, you can hear that so um Kelvin Gastelum looked brilliant here against Kurt, uh, Chris Curtis. Looked very, very good. Uh, I was sure that he couldn't keep up that pace he fought in the first round, but he did look good. Curtis fought well as well. It was I, I don't know if it won fight of the night, but to me it was fight of the night. A very, very good uh, win for uh, for Kelvin Gastelum, and he needed it. So he will move on and probably uh, fight someone uh, of note in that division again after this. Um,
1: yeah, I, I don't think he could keep up the pace. I think he kind of in the third round Curtis kind of maybe yeah. I, I won that round and. And, you know, mm. kind of took over a little bit and maybe if it had gone longer, you know, obviously Gaslam wouldn't have been as hard on the pace if it had been a, a longer fight. So, but yeah, a really good performance from, from him. He, he got involved in a few wild exchanges where maybe he put himself at risk, but he, he got away with it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's good to see him back. It's good to see him uh, looking good again. You know, obviously, he's, he's had his ups and downs. And, you know, uh, it, I'd like to see, I'd, I'd love to have seen where he could have, to if he had kind of stayed in shape more and maybe been a bit more dedicated because you can see see straight from the Ultimate Fighter that he had a lot of talent a lot of raw talent I don't think he I don't think he has or has yet anyway uh, risen to the potential but you know he does show glimpses of it sometimes and in this fight he did show glimpses of of brilliance as well but uh, it's kind of a case of what could have
0: been. 100% Uh, and it's weird because like when he came through in the Ultimate Fighter I think a lot of people probably thought the opposite like ah oh, this lad will never be anything but then we saw his performance and like ooh he's he's really talented because he's a good defensive wrestler he's a good offensive wrestler he's a good boxer he's he power he, like Haslam kind of has it on maybe the, the athleticism or the and he's actually pretty athletic he just doesn't look it maybe but I think middleweight has always been tough for him like if he could have kept making that weight but that, is that about the professionalism as well and things? I think his body type is kind of weird, maybe not as, as well-suited for MMA because he probably should be fighting down, but then he's, you know, it's a tough one. But yeah, look, a great win for him anyway. Yeah, maybe,
1: maybe I'm wrong, and maybe there's some other underlying reason why he couldn't be a welterweight. But yeah, we've seen him in the past come in. Like, you know, you, you kind of hesitate to make a gasoline fight pick until you see him on the scale.
0: Yeah, that's true. Is, yeah, he, didn't look, he didn't look amazing here either, though, but he 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 was in good cardio shape. Like we have to give him that. So have a very good performance. Um, we'll move on. Uh, the, the two hundred and fifteen pounds women fights were both decisions and both very close. And you know, not bad fights at all. Um, Lu- Lupe Godinez beat Cindy Cavio, Luana Pinero beat Michelle Watterson Gomez. Uh, I agreed with the Godinez one I, I maybe would have gone for Watterson Gomez but it was look there were both tosses of kinds there were there were not bad fights didn't Joe Pfeiffer like this Joe Pfeiffer guy looks very good at, at 185 um, and you know we always say at a 185 when someone has a good performance it's great because the division is so poor so he's going to move on now and like you know, maybe him versus Chris Curtis next. Chris Curtis just lost, but had a pretty good performance. But maybe that would be the fight to make uh, next. I, I would like to see that. Um, Ignacio bah- Bahamundes B. Trey Ogden. Steve Garcia, brilliant uh, comeback here by him. Becker almost killed him. He ended round one well and then he came back with a right hand. To, um, uh, body kick and in a body punch finished. Uh, becker very good there. And then Sam Hughes... Uh, <laughs> Sam Hughes okay. Amarnim is like a five-time jujitsu world champion or something, so we know what happened there. She tried to pull guard and submit herself, didn't, and lost. But uh, did you see Sam Hughes afterwards? Uh, said her husband put a grand on her to win the fight, and she was like, "You better give me some of that money." And I'm like, "Oh my God, Sam, what are you yeah, doing oh here?" My God.
1: <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what was it like two months ago? This this whole drama with uh, with the the Benny scandal. And, uh, yeah, stop. I don't know why you would, why you would possibly say that. That's just.
0: Ever I was like, whoa, oh, Sam, whoa, 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 whoa.
1: self snitching as they call
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> no, very bad, very bad. Um, right, the PFL added card, in we'll run through this pretty quickly. Um, it, was not, it was not a bad card. I think it was better than their, their card from the, the week before. Larissa Pacheco and Julia Budd had a very good fight, a close enough fight uh, as well. Budd did uh, did way better than a lot of people were thinking, uh, but Pacheco did get the win and moves on with her uh, three points. Um, Bruno Kapilosa got revenge on Matthias Sheffield, who beat him last year. He knocked him out with a lovely shot in the, uh, in the first round. Big upset in Elena Kleschnik beat Aspen Ladd by majority decision. I thought she deserved it uh, as well. She uh, got... Obviously, two of the cards and one card was a draw. Um, Baggio Ali Walsh, know him, Graham. He is Muhammad Ali's grandson. He got an and I'm not an amateur amateur fight. Amateur yeah.
1: fight. Uh, he he looked went good three though. One as an amateur. Yeah, it's strange having, having an amateur fight there but uh, yeah it seems like they're going to they're going to match make them <laughs> like like yeah. the UFC
0: didn't match make uh, Rosa. <laughs> indeed. I like uh, PFL up for a bit of fun though which I'm happy enough with. I'm, I I think that was uh, uh Kuniev beat Ferreira then we kind of if you know Kuniev you know how that uh, went to Took him down Wrestled him And and beat him Maurice Green put on Made the performance Of his career look very good Uh, Got a a finish Over Marcelo Nunes And I was kind of thinking with this right Murray Screen noted John Jones training partner the fact that John Jones was actually in camp probably helped Murray Screen a lot in, with, with his game so that's why maybe he looks so good so credit to John Jones on that one uh, Jorgen De Castro got uh, beaten by Danilo Marquez good performance by him on, uh, on short notice and my my girl Amanda Lybrook fighting out of the um The the Diaz team, the Scrap Pack got a beautiful head kick. kick. Probably the knockout of the weekend. Well, easy, obviously, but uh, maybe aside from that. Although, even up there with that was a very good knockout. Lovely stuff there. And then Evelyn Martin's got a win. And Marina Moccacina as well got a win. There are a few cards next week as well. We have uh, the PFL's third card. We have Cage Warriors. And we also have UFC. Uh, in the UFC, we have Holloway versus Allen, which is a tremendous fight. Um, there isn't loads underneath it, if we're being honest. Barbosa and Quarantillo is not a bad fight, but probably not moving much forward. Uh, we have uh, Murkozanov, 12-0, fighting Dustin Jacoby at 2 so maybe he's a good prospect coming through and then we've Clea Guida on the card and Rival versus Nicolau that's a massive fight at 125 to be fair but yeah outside of that not anything massive what do you think of this Arnold Allen versus uh, Max Holloway fight Graham it's a massive well, yeah, fight isn't this, it? yeah
1: this is a big fight you know obviously this is a, this is a big opportunity that Arnold, Arnold Allen's been waiting a long time for but uh, Max Holloway is a very difficult matchup for him I think yeah um, you know, in terms of striking power, I think Alan Allen and the flow. I, I I think Max Holloway might put on a bit of a clinic here. Like, I'd like to see Arnold Allen do, it and I, I think he definitely has a chance early. But as the fight goes on, I think Max Holloway. And but I, ho- I hope I'm wrong in in a way. You know, for the division, and- that's a
0: massive thing for the division, really, isn't it? Because like, if Max Holloway wins this, we're left at a place where we're like, oh. We have a guy who we really like don't want there in there, which is sounds bad, but like he's fought the champion so many times, it's weird. But still, we have the interim championship match coming up, uh, or the, not the unification championship match coming up, should I say? So it will be another uh, bit of time. But what if I massified for Aaron Lennon, um, in terms of if he wins this, he has to be next. Like he just has to. There's no denying him. Nineteen and one. If he goes to twenty and one and beats Max Holloway, just he just has to be it. But like I. Think Look, we'll, we'll obviously we'll have the preview showing on the, the lads and uh, we'll, we'll break it down uh, in detail. I just think um, Arnold Allen has to make this a strength matchup. Like He is one of the strongest guys in this division. I think he needs to push Holloway against the cage. I think he needs to drag him down, hold him against the cage, make it a dirty, sweaty, drag-out fight. Don't let Max Holloway get his boxing away. And if you do get into a boxing match with him, Fucking make him pay, hit him as hard as you possibly can, and for Holloway then, look, push Aaron Lallon back, land all the shots you can, you know, if he comes towards you, jab him up and use your extra speed to win that fight, it's, it's, you know, it's a fight I don't think can disappoint, honestly. I really, I really don't think this fight can disappoint because the, the way both guys win Don't do it to me again. The way both guys win is, you know, by fucking putting it all out there kind of or dominating almost. Yeah, I think It's, it's been it's a long brilliant.
1: time. Has Max Holloway ever been in a boring fight? Uh, yeah, yeah, very rarely anyway.
0: Very rarely. So I can't wait for that one. It should be, uh, it should be very, 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 very fun. Um, the PFL cards uh, is uh, is not a bad one either. The, the Welterwets are getting started as they one fifty 155ers. Sadabusi, uh, Salawi, Magomed, Magomed Karimov is back here. Nathan Shulton, Stevie Ray, Haush Maffeo and Alex Martinez. That should be a very good fight Did they fight last year? I think they might have uh, But you also have Burgos versus Obam Mercier Which is a, a big fight uh, Over there Claire Collard is at 155 this year as well Umalatov is back He's fighting Danilo Taylor So there's a lot of uh, fun fights On that card as well And then we have Cage Warriors. I'll have a full preview With Brad over in Sherdog This week But the main fight on it I don't know if you know this Jan Li Graham. He's fighting George Hardwick, but this guy is a fucking beast. He's 9-1, and six of his wins have been by a submission, if I'm not mistaken. But he is a really, really, really good striker. Throws these big high kicks. Is a very well-rounded fighter, and that is going to be that's a barn burner yeah. of a fight funny yeah.
1: losses to Magomed yeah
0: one of the best wrestlers in the world and even then he stopped a lot of his takedowns and things as well so yeah that's a very interesting fight Chris Bungard is on that card as well one of my top prospects if you're watching now if you're looking for prospects one of my top prospects in the world James Power he's 4-0 he's fighting Lucas Capera and it's a big step up for Lucas Capera but Ian Dean as I said earlier and you trust him he knows what he's doing and there's a, a big
1: step up in Capera you mean not for yeah
0: yeah in Capera yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Flaminas versus Mentekevi as well. That should be a, an absolute barn burner. So yeah, there's some uh, good stuff on uh, on this. So yeah, check it. Uh, check that out. Before we go, Graham, um, I know myself and Ian kind of spoke about. The UFC WWE thing, but we would be probably remiss not to uh to mention it here again. It was such a a big story, and I think it was probably a bigger story for you know WWE media or <laughs> wrestling media than it was maybe for MMA media because like I were kind of thinking ah well nothing has really changed in, in MMA, but it it really has. Like the UFC has become a new company. It's you know literally called NUCO at the moment. Uh, will be trading on the stock exchanges TKO and if people don't know it's now the UFC and WWE are one company there have been amalgamated uh, for uh, for the, the purposes of the stock exchange and businesses and all of that <clears throat> as entities I suppose as sporting or entertainment entities they will obviously still be separate there may be a bit of crossover with promotion and maybe even a few you know lads going to uh, from WWE or from uh, UFC to WWE and possibly vice versa with Brock Lesnar maybe or Ron narossi you know unlikely as it may seem maybe we could see that um but it's i think it's just very interesting like Vince man is now dana white's boss uh, is another thing that's come out of this uh which is is mad like you have dana white just one, before you
1: go on did you see the awkwardness of uh <laughs> villain villain mustache is McMahon and Ari Emanuel at the on the, oh my god, Ariamani was trying to banter with him and then just Vince was just no selling and it was weird yeah i slam him and all
0: yeah <laughs> it was, it was weird, yeah I, I think the, like it's, it's not weird, we, we went through, uh, we've gone through a lot, a lot in the world in the last few years, and I feel like, you know, people getting cancelled and all of this. Yet we have now the biggest sporting conglomerate in the world, probably, having one guy who was recently, uh, recently retired, if we want to put it that way, for paying off women he had affairs with, and another guy who slapped his wife. And now they're both Kind of A big part Of this new company It's just It's just crazy to me And also with Dana Hoy You know he was like saying uh, Will there be I remember people were asking Would there be any retributions For that And he was like Well the retribution I will have Is the deals That are going to happen In the future And how I'm going to Have to get through them uh, And live uh, with it." Like,
1: having delivered um, himself yeah,
0: wasn't <laughs> <I>? <laughs> having delivered himself But also like how people Will deal with him And stuff It's like Well that didn't work out Too badly for you Did it you fucking prick You know It's, <laughs> it's absolutely It's absolutely Fucking ridiculous But oh, anyway. Like what? What do you think? Do you think
1: there's we're going to notice a difference? Uh, you know, in the next coming months or a couple of years, or do you think they're going to keep it separate? Or like maybe it's in terms of selling TV deals and terms of production and things like that more? Or do you think they're going to go and try to you know mix things together at times? I, I, for me, I I don't know like uh, what that would look like or. Whatever, but it seems like I'd prefer <laughs> things to say as they are, like uh, change is bad or whatever. Maybe, maybe I'm just in, in that category now. But, yeah, for me, uh, I kind of hope they stay separate. I don't know about you. I don't know what you think will happen. You're probably more clued in about what's been, what's been going on on the, the WWE side anyway.
0: Yeah, so I think we should be worried, but not worried for maybe the reasons which you alluded to there. Like, I don't think we should be worried about you know uh, kevin holland coming out with a steel chair when, when masvidal wins or anything like that i don't think we should be worried about having wwe promos on on you know the ufc earning now ma- actually maybe there, there could be a bit of that but uh, if there is any of that it'll probably be you know promotion for or,
1: you who likes wwe that's probably fine but for people who but don't do like, probably oh my n- god nothing
0: that will matter like the sport when they close the cage i think it'll, the sport will pretty much be the same the big issue I think w- will uh, that will affect MMA and WWE as well it was it was the ex- it's the same issue that we have been living with and we have discussed actually very recently um, about the UFC post endeavor takeover right so when the fertita brothers sold it what has happened to the UFC since then like we sp- you spoke earlier there, Graham, about the matchmaking Joe Silva left and the matchmaking has gone downhill a lot we have so many events now with So many fights that we don't care about. There's, they found a way with this Dana White Contender Series to pay fighters less. They're not signing the likes of Kayla Harrison. AJ McKee not re-signing Nathan Yeah, Diaz. well, it,
1: it makes sense. You know, Lorenzo was a fight fan who yes. went out of his way to try and make fights happen for, like, more than he would probably pay if he was strictly doing it as a business decision. You know, he wanted to see these fights. Sometimes he offered money that maybe, uh, you know, Ari Emanuel and the conglomerate wouldn't ever offer because it doesn't make...
0: 100%. You
1: know, financial sense. But, yeah, hopefully... Hopefully we don't lose that because, you know it'll turn into boxing where not turn into boxing. Well, maybe, maybe not to the same extent of bo- as boxing, but we don't want that.
0: No, indeed we don't, but that's the way it's been going for the last one. And this is going to make it worse, I think, because rem- remember when Endeavor took over, loads of Chuck Liddell got fired. Loads of people in the office got fired. They amalgamated a lot of the business with the business they already have. Now they're going to do that. It's a fivefold with the WWE. Cause if you think about it, the WWE and the UFC are very similar businesses out, you know, all the way through, apart from one's real and one's fake. Like, you have a lot of people making promos for the fights that are coming up. Like, let's say you have 30 people working on UFC promos and 30 people working on WWE promos. You don't need 60 people to do that job if you amalgamate them. You can probably, like, You can probably get rid of 15 or 20 of them. You know, if you have a person making, uh, you know, uh, posters for the WWE and posters for the UFC, you don't need two teams to do that. Maybe one team will do. And that's, you know, just obviously examples. But, like, that can happen in loads of different areas, which can make the smooth running of it uh, stop, or it can change things in a way we don't like. And... I think that is going to be a, a problem that kind of seeps in little by little by little like we we have seen since it never took over the UFC. And like... Do you if you think about the UFC you now anyone who's watching the UFC for like the last 10 years it's probably like a way less enjoyable product now than it's ever been like the commentary is, is pretty bad there are so many fights with no jeopardy that we don't care about there are so many missable cards like even let's say next week if you miss that card it's like well do you know what I wake up on Sunday morning I'll watch Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen with, you know with a breakfast roll and I'll go about my day do I need to see the rest of it not really like last night I'll, I'll watch uh, I'll watch Adesanya and, uh, and put and i might watch uh, burns versus uh Masvidal. do i need to see the rest of it not really you know and that, that's the way it's MMA, the ufc has gone that way and it will go even more that way now but because you know why they need to make more money this is now 100 percent solely a money-making endeavor and if they can sack one person to save 500 crit a week they will do it They absolutely will do it. If they cannot sign someone to not overpay, to put someone else in there who is less exciting, they will do it. They absolutely will do it. And that is crushing for the top level of MMA. Like, it really is. Would you, we all would love to see AJ McKee in MMA, or in Indioci. We all would love to see it. We all would love to see you now Francis is a bit of a of a different one but like we all would love to see Francis fighting would it be would would Frank have made that happen as 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 Conor famously once said or would Lorenzo have made that happen they probably would have like but they're not now they're not going to go over and above. they don't need it because with this as well right the WWE and the UFC are going to be in competition because the WWE value was—I oh, think someone can correct me if I'm wrong—about nine billion, I believe, and the UFC was twelve billion, right? So the UFC, you know, WWE are going to rise that value, and that—and they're together, they're twenty-one million, sorry, twenty-one billion. But the UFC was bought for four billion a few years ago from Endeavor, and now its value has tripled the UFC are going to need to prove that that value is correct by the amount of money they make and now they're on the stock exchange as well they're going to be able to buy uh, you know into the, to, to the UFC you can already do that with the WWE and all. they're going to have to meet their shareholders uh, you know meet their wishes meet the demands meet the amount of money you have to make and how do you do that? like you don't do that by overpaying a guy you know a uh, hundred grand to make a fight or a million to make a fight or whatever it's it's not. Yeah. I'm thinking. I
1: don't know. It's could be completely wrong. I think the power is in the TV deals, and if the if the networks are kind of playing off, you know, oh, we have this other kind of live sporting entertainment show. We like, you know, this is what we're paying them. This is what we're going to pay you. Maybe having both of them put the, the Endeavor or whatever the new Endeavor. Oh, massively, um, yeah. It you know, puts them in a power. position where they have so much power now. On you know, live sporting events like the, the Premier League soccer, not cheap. You know, costs <laughs> a lot to stream that. So, you know, the only thing that I say this before, but the, the only thing people will, a lot of people in big numbers will sit down and watch live is sporting events. Um, you know, you can stream back or whatever, or you can record on your DV or your Sky Plus or your Virgin Media box or whatever, whatever you know you can download it, all that stuff but with sporting events it's not the same unless you're watching it live and uh, it just puts them in such a such a strong position that maybe that's a big part of why they've decided to do this
0: absolutely and that money is going to be in the shareholders hands it's going to be in ari Emanuel's hands it's going to be in Vince man's hands and pocket and his children down the years and all it's not going to be in you know, Joe Pfeiffer's pocket, it's not gonna be in Raul Rosas' Rosas's pocket or even Conor McGregor or Jan Jones. Like, it's not gonna be there. That they're not the ones making money out of this. The people coming off of the Dana White Contender series are gonna be earning less now than the people coming into the UFC three or four years ago. It's gone from twelve and twelve to ten and ten now. You know that and that's that's what this is. This is just an absolute money grab. Like they're they're doing this for to to make th- that business as profitable profitable as godly possible and that is their only aim like you look and you look at the value they've put on it and that is clear that that's their only aim right that's not good for us that's not good for the sport we love that's not good for the fighters we want to see taken care of at all is it good for the longevity of the UFC and the WWE absolutely is it great if they want to maybe sell it in a few years for a lot of money absolutely yeah is it good for the the amount of money they can get for a TV deal? Absolutely. They're going to be earning money hand over fist through this. But it's not good for the fighters. It's not good is, for anyone.
1: Yeah, you know, and there's obviously the Saudi connection there with WWE. is, is Which is very interesting. Because yeah, you know. Ari
0: Emanuel had connections with Saudi, but when the Jamal Khashoggi thing happened, obviously where he was um, murdered by uh, MBS, basically, the, the Saudi crown prince, if I'm not mistaken. Allegedly. I don't think it was allegedly, uh, but anyway, maybe. Well, join in Allegedly there. Um, uh, and his body was cut to pieces and, and all of that. Um, Ari Emanuel actually pulled out of all of his business with Saudi. Um, so, but they have, so WWE and in Saudi to have, I think a, 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 a reported 50 million deal per year with Saudi to put on a couple of an events, a couple of events there. Now, no, Will Ari Emanuel, uh, and that's going on for another few years. Maybe Ari Emanuel will say, oh, right, we have signed it. We're going to have to keep it for a few years. Once that ends, I no longer want to do business with Saudi. Or else he'll say, well, you know what? I, is it even in can- his hands anymore with this? This oh it thing. is. He is the yeah. boss. Everything is in his hands now. He yeah. owns the world. Mm. He's got the whole world in his hands. It what could happen now is like, well, look, I'm friends in him again. And now we could see the UFC doing two or three events in Saudi per year for their big fifty million. Which will not go into the fighter's pockets, which will go straight into the coffers of new with their twenty one billion um you know, valuation down on their head. That's that's what this is. I make no mistake about that whatsoever. So look, it's yeah, it, it, I I don't think I, look as a fight fan, I don't think much will actually change for us watching it. To be honest, except it will just continue the trajectory of getting slightly worse all the time as it has been. Um, but look, these things happen in MMA. Will we leave it there, Graham?
1: Did, did we know? mention Donald Trump was sitting beside uh, Dana White? Oh, just to, <laughs> to get that in there.
0: Yeah, I was sitting beside uh, obviously what's your man's name? That fucking singer. Um, oh, what's his fucking Kid Rock? Kid Rock, it was, it was like traveling back to 1996 with fucking Dana White, Donald Trump, Kid Rock and Mike Tyson like the celebrities from fucking 30 years ago <laughs> were all there like fucking hell Donald Trump in jail, no, I thought he got arrested well, how, how did he get out to watch the fucking UFC although, isn't being in jail and then going to the UFC kind of <laughs> that's kind of, they go hand in hand, don't they, you know so, look, these things happen Anyway, Graham, we leave it there. That's enough. That's our, our p- politics talk for the for the year done and dusted. So, uh, Yeah, we leave it. Thanks everyone for listening. Patreon.com forward slash Severe My Podcast. Uh, if anyone knows anyone in YouTube, please let us know because our YouTube has been demonetized and it looks like we like fucking might lose anything we make from the channel which is absolutely devastating for us. So if anyone knows, let us know. But yeah, other than that, uh, follow along. The Old triangle will be out this week as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Follow everyone on Patreon. Graham, see us out with an old quote.
1: Tweeter and the monkey man were hard up for cash. They stayed up all night selling cocaine and hash to an undercover cop who had a sister named Jan. For reasons unexplained, she loved the monkey man.
0: <laughs> we'll see you next Tuesday. Or Sunday, probably. Good luck.